The subject of wokeness and what is woke and what isn't woke and how wokeness and the, the woke movement and social justice movement has sort of become such a front and center thing in all of our lives is an interesting subject to me and the source of no end of annoyance and irritation and frustration with everybody involved. Uh, let me explain uh, before we get into the meat of the subject. Uh, what inspired me to make this video, and excuse my voice, apparently I am never going to get over the residual effects of my recent cold. Uh, but I keep seeing, I've posted some, some thoughts on Velma recently, a truly terrible show. <clears throat> it's a terrible show for a lot of reasons. But what I keep seeing from people, some of whom I, whom I don't think have actually seen the show, uh, which I don't blame them, but is this, is this phrase, go woke and you go broke. I hate phrases like this. They're so lazy. Like, you, you don't have to make an argument when you say this. You can just say, go woke and you go broke. Um, and I think it's just so juvenile. For, 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 to, to elaborate, personally, I think that when you go political, when you go too political, you go broke, right? Poli politics has a place in storytelling. Politics has a place in art. But the, the political art is little more than propaganda, right? So, so when you see those like big paintings of Trump and he's all strong, and it almost looks like a parody, but people actually take them seriously, like they really think that Trump is like some big action hero guy. That's political art, right? And it's bad. It's really bad. Um, when you infuse the politics du jour into your video game or your short story or whatever, you are probably going to come up with a product that is subpar. Because first of all, it's only relevant for, for, for a blink and you miss it moment, right? Pretty soon, that that political statement is going to be outdated, and and it's not going to make sense to people watching it in five years or playing it in five years. <clears throat> what I do think is good in a game is politic politics that are more like philosophical uh, that that deal with the state of humanity, human nature. Uh, you know, like a game like The Last of Us, the first game. Uh, it asks big questions about society, right? The ending of that game, spoilers, spoilers, uh, deals with, you know, is the individual, the life of one individual, as important as the life of the collective whole of humanity? And it makes us ponder this. And this is a political question, but it's not, you know, it's not dealing with, you know, is Biden or Trump better? Uh, the only time that, like, politics in art really works well is when, with a good parody, right? So that's why South Park is so effective. They can parody everything really, really well. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. They're going to roast the shit out of you because they do that well. And they do it in a timely and quick fashion, right? So so there, I just watched a South Park episode, uh, the Trapper Keeper episode, which is hilarious because it's like a a spoof of Terminator, but it also, they deal with the, the election of the kindergarten class president. And it's like, it, it, it's very obviously the election between Al Gore and uh, George W. Bush. You know, the, the deciding vote is this little girl named Flora, 
Florida, right? So that's that's very timely, and and obviously that is going to be less a little less funny now. Although all the calls for recounts and all that shit is actually super super relevant still. Um, but by and large, if you're going to try to send a, a political message in your art, uh, it's going to be less effective if it's too on the nose. Um, but Velma, this this show, the, this show that we kind of are springing off of, Velma is not overtly political and it's not really bad because of being too woke so when people hop on my comments and they're like you go you go woke and you go broke like like they're just like fingers on a fucking chalkboard to me um you know they may in velma they make a a a joke at the expense of the me too movement which is just about as anti-woke as you can get velma is an incoherent mess that show is you know south park makes fun of everybody Velma just doesn't know what the fuck they're actually making fun of. Velma, the the people behind Velma, and it's not just Mindy Kaling. I think she gets the brunt of it, but it's not just her. She's not the creator of the show. She's not the writer, or at least not the main writer. I know I think she has some some writing credit in there, but uh, they they don't know who they're spoofing. It's it's just the problem with Velma isn't that it's too woke. It's that it's not funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah, overly woke people are generally not funny either, right? They take themselves too seriously. But generally the people who are like the most reactionary against wokeness are also not very funny. Um, or in the case of someone like Matt Walsh and that whole like, what is what is a woman documentary or whatever, it's all just like the low-hanging fruit. Like that guy just picks the most ludicrous people and then and then films them and uses like gotcha like ambush tactics to try to you know tease out this question what is a woman and it's a stupid question in the first place but that's because everybody involved in this debate is really really stupid um and 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 again i'm not trying to engage in both sideisms the problem is is when you're trying to be a rational human being in the world you're surrounded on both sides by irrational assholes who who think that they are completely right and that the other side is completely wrong. I always I always play the little clip from John Cleese, the extremism clip, because it's so relevant to extremists and it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. You know, extremism gives you this sense that you're pure and that everyone else is bad. And uh and and frankly I just think that's fucking absurd. So uh, I excuse me if I'm rambling a little here, but this is a rant. I'm ranting, so so don't. I no apologies. Um, go woke, you go broke. Yeah. I just find it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Uh, right wingers have their own like list of grievances. They play the victim card all the time too. Uh, they're not very funny, also. Like when they're so obsessed with politics. You know, if you get that obsessed with politics that you can't even take, you know, take a joke at your own expense, then you're probably not going to be very funny. Like funny people are usually not political extremists. Like I'm thinking Dave Chappelle or or uh, Bill Burr, like f- like stand-up comedians who can make fun of themselves and having that ability to like laugh at yourself is really important. Uh, and everybody who's not funny is just triggered constantly by any sort of jokes, you know, and on, on the woke left, and I say that meaning specifically the woke left, not that the left itself is woke, 
But on that, in that social justice click, you know, it's all about harm. Words are harm. Oh, you made this joke about X, Y, and Z, right? Those people are now harmed by it. And that, to me, is absurd because speech doesn't actually harm people. I mean, it can be very, very, very cruel. You can be cruel or you can be racist or you can be a lot of things. And there, there are some things that, you know, I personally just don't think people should say, right? There are some very offensive things that aren't funny, that are just mean. Don't say that shit. You know, be excellent to each other. But also, if you're telling a joke about lesbians or something, you know, I think a lot of a lot of good-natured lesbians are going to laugh at it because it strikes some ring of truth, right? You tell a joke about white people. I'm going to laugh about it because I'm not so fucking sensitive about being white or being a, a, a cisgendered man or what the fuck ever. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and you have to be able to let other people laugh at you without saying you're triggered and harmed, right? But I find the same sense of aggrievement and thin-skinnedness over on the right as well. Really, in a lot of ways, I find the woke left to be a, a, a mirror image of the sort of like hard right, like really self-serious, always thinking that they're under attack, you know, fucking the war on Christmas and all that crazy nonsense. Wokeness is interesting, though. I, there's this article in the in uh, in uh, Tablet Mag by Russell Jacoby that I thought was pretty good. I'm going to link to it. In this article, he talks about how, you know, dec many decades ago, there was a profession known as the public intellectual. And these public intellectuals would write columns and essays, and they would make a fine living doing it. They would be paid handsomely by magazines and newspapers, and they wouldn't have to be, uh, you know, a, a reporter per se, and they wouldn't be a professor their job was to be a public intellectual. And they were, you know, and we we still have some of them, but this, Jacoby argues, this profession slowly died off because there was no money in it anymore. And as the university system grew, many public intellectuals took jobs at universities. And then they started writing, not for the public anymore, but for their peers in the university system. And as that happened, the... The prose, the rhetoric, changed from, from being accessible to the public to being only accessible to the niche and the little in-group in these, uh, you know, like gender studies and race studies programs. Not to say that all public intellectuals were, were like gender activists or whatever. There were many like moderate or conservative public intellectuals also. But as the university system grew, it definitely became a bastion of, of left-wing radicalism. And for a lot of these, not all of them, but a lot of these professors would write stuff. And here's, he, he, he includes this passage. First, I'll, I'll do a, uh, he says, they were not public intellectuals, but narrow academics. The famous Marxist literary professor was famous only to graduate students in literature. From Homi K. Baba at Harvard to Gayatri Spivak at Columbia, Frederick Jameson at Duke, and Judith Butler at Berkeley, the leftist politics of these scholars could not be doubted, but what was their impact inasmuch as they could not write? As a half-serious bad writing contest awarded a prize to Professor Butler for this sentence. This is one sentence. So this is Butler now. 
The move from a structuralist account in which capital is understood to structure social relations in relatively homologous ways to a view of hegemony in which power relations are subject to repetition, convergence, and rearticulation brought the question of temporality into the thinking of structure and marked a shift from a form of Althusserian theory that takes structural totalities as theoretical objects to one in which the insights into the contingent possibility of structure inaugurate a renewed conception of hegemony as bound up with the contingent sites and strategies of the rearticulation of power. Forgive me if I mispronounce some of those words. Some of them are just ones that I have never been able to pronounce well, especially on the spot. Um, I don't know what the hell... <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Uh, but I should. When, when, when you read something, an argument about politics, about capital, about Marxism or fascism or whatever you're trying to talk about, you should communicate in ways where people can actually understand you. Um, I just thought that was funny. Anyways, his, so the ongoing point of this article is that as the university system then hit its sort of max growth and then plateaued, that all these students that were in the gender programs and the and the you know anti-racist programs who were you know studying under these professors before they would also then go into the academy they would get jobs themselves teaching the same things uh, working in the same field but then when those jobs dried up you have all these students in these subjects who still need to go work somewhere. And so they start working in elementary schools and they start working in corporate boardrooms and they start working throughout the rest of our economy. And then you mix that in with the rise of smartphones and social media. And suddenly you have all this nonsense, not just tucked away, blessedly tucked away in the academy, but, but, Suddenly, everywhere, you know, from the from the shows we watch to what they're teaching your kids in kindergarten and so on and so forth. And this is a very specific type of politics, right? What bothers me when people equate wokeness or the social justice movement with leftist thinking in general is that they're not the same thing. Like me wanting a more equitable world where people are paid living wages and aren't just at the whim of giant corporations and we actually have like dignity in work and life is not the same thing as this crazy nonsense that that's coming out of the woke movement. So when, 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 when you say that like any representation in media is just wokeness, I think that's bullshit because there, the, the trend towards more representation and more, decent treatment of everyone not you know regardless of their gender or their or their sexual orientation or their race the trend towards a more tolerant society is a natural and organic one what's not natural and what's not organic is is bigotry and racism in the same way that authoritarianism and censorship censorship are not natural those are unnatural things based on control and based on hatred and violence Humanity, in my opinion, is always looking for freedom and peace. And that includes being a more tolerant and compassionate society. So I don't consider those things 
to be wokeness. I consider like this this move towards like the idea that you should have censorship and control because if you don't, people will be harmed by jokes or whatever to be wokeness. I consider the idea that you need to have like a specific checkbox of diversity in everything rather than like, you know, we want more diversity, but we're not going to force it in there at every possible turn. Uh, I don't think that something like, you know, Velma being Indian a lot of people are like, Velma's black. No, Velma's Indian. Uh, I don't think that's bad. She still looks and, 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 and talks like Velma. The real problem is that the show doesn't feel like Scooby-Doo. I do think that the that the Norville character who is uh, supposed to be Shaggy, but he's black, I think that's a problem because he's nothing like Shaggy. If they just made Shaggy black, but had him like basically the same character, who cares? Although the best argument I've seen against Velma being diverse is that Scooby-Doo is a super, super white show. Um, it's always kind of been almost a parody of white people with things like zoinks and like, you know, just very, very uh, almost uh, exaggerated whiteness. Uh, and so why get rid of that? It's funny. Like, let's just keep that for for, for the for the sake of what it actually does. Uh, but no, I don't think that actually swapping some races in a show about modern day characters is a big deal. My problem mainly when when we talk about diversity, like going too far, is usually in like medieval or fantasy shows where they're just, again, just making tokenistic changes uh, so that you have more, you know, black characters, even though it just doesn't make sense from a geography or or historical point of view. Um, Yeah. So um, that's 18 minutes. That's 18 minutes of rambling about all sorts of things. If you go woke, you go broke. It rhymes. See, it rhymes. So it's really clever. It's just really clever and incisive. Um, I mean, you could just do the same. If you go right, then you just might uh, bite. I don't know. (sighs) Quit your bitching. That's what I say. Everybody needs to stop whining so much. Also, everybody needs to stop paying attention to politics so much. It's exhausting. I mean, really, if you want to boil it all down, it's not that I want people to stop thinking about politics in the ways that political stuff will affect your lives. But this obsession, it's almost like sports now. People have their teams and they they wear their colors and like, fucking stop it. Life is so much better without politics in every corner of it. Like, let it go. Enjoy your enjoy your lives. Like, go do a hobby. Turn off Fox News. Turn off MSNBC. Like, go read Lord of the Rings or something. Like, enrich your existence. Go on a fucking jog. Chill the fuck out. And like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Namaste. See you next time. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.